morning. I know I came, I always come expecting, even if I'm ministering, because I know God's going to minister to me. <laughs> Amen. Uh, let's open up in prayer. Father God, we just come to you this morning. We glorify you. We thank you, Father, for what you have for us this morning. We thank you for the plan for this service that comes to pass. I thank you for utterances, Lord. Speak through my mouth. Think through my thoughts, Father. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father, for your anointing that destroys every yoke, removes every burden. I thank you, Father, for your plan. It comes to pass in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God has a plan for every service. Did you know that? He has a plan for every service. Amen. And so I'm excited about his plan for this service. Amen. And we just follow uh, what he says, follow those promptings, and praise the Lord, we get, we get answers. Amen. Let's open our Bibles this morning to Romans chapter 4. We are going to um, minister, I'm going to minister this morning on calling things into existence. Amen. Amen. Say calling things. It's important that we call for things to come into our life. Amen. Um, things don't just happen by accident. You did not get born again. You didn't receive Jesus into your heart by accident. You opened your mouth and you asked him to come into your life. You said, Lord, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Take my life and do something with it. What were you doing? You were calling for a Savior. Bible says when you call in the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Amen. So that principle of calling things, opening our mouth, calling things, um, is a, a principle that God established and that God works through. Amen. So in Hebrews chapter 4, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 4. Did I say Romans? Oh, good. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. It says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace... To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. The Amplified says, therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith. Inheriting the promises of God is the outcome of faith. It doesn't say inheriting the promises of God, um, you know, just drops on you doesn't say that the enemy's going to, you know, just let, let you have all the promises of God. It's, there's, an, there's faith that's involved. There's faith that's involved. There was faith involved when you asked Jesus to come into your heart. There was faith afterwards. You had no proof that your life was different. You had no proof that you were going to heaven. The only thing you had was the word, right? And you may not have even known that, but the proof was... Um, that you, you used your faith. So afterwards, if someone were to say, are you going to heaven? You would say, yes, I am. Well, how do you know? Because I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and the Bible says that that's how you go to heaven. That's how you become born again, right? It's, it's calling for things. So the, the promises, um, inheriting them, it's the outcome of faith. It took faith for you to ask Jesus to come into your heart. And afterwards, you're like, I just know it. I just know that I know. What happens? Your spirit bears witness with God. You're, you just, there's a knowing on the inside of you. Your life is now on a different path. Your life has now been free, uh, delivered from darkness, and now you're on the path of light. 
right? You're in God's, you're in God's kingdom now. So um, verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee, now he's talking about Abraham. He, he mentioned him in verse 16. I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead. Amen. What does that mean? God gives life to dead things. God gives life to a dead womb. I said God gives life to a dead womb. That's what he did with Sarah. Uh, Abraham, Abraham was, you know, 99 uh, God gave life to his body too, <laughs> so that they could have a child. God gives life to dead things. He'll give life to your finances if they're dead. He'll give life to your marriage if it's dead. He brings things back to life. Why? He's the God of life. Amen. So he quickens the dead. He brings things back to life. Now listen to this. And he calls those things which be not as though they were. He calls those things which be not as though they were. Uh, one version says, He calls into existence things that do not exist. When God needs something to happen, He will first call for it. He'll first say it. God doesn't do anything without words being spoken. I said, God doesn't do anything until it is spoken first, until it's called for first. We see this with Abraham. His name was Abram. And God said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You're going to be the father of multitudes. So I'm going to give you seed. It's going to come through your body. He gave him specific words. And then he said, your name will no longer be Abram. Now it will be Abraham. So your, your name, Abram, is father. So you're not going to be father anymore. Now you're going to be the father of multitudes. You know, God told Abraham, look at the stars. That's how, how, how much seed you're going to have. Look at the, the dust of the earth. That's, that's what my promise is to you. God gave him a promise, right? And he changed his name. Why? He had to get... Abraham to start, he had to get other people, he had to get Abraham to start getting used to that new, uh, that new role, father of many. Not just father, but father of a multitude. So he put it in his mouth, he, God called it into existence before it even happened. That's what this verse is, re, is referring to. Um, and then it goes on and talks about Abraham, verse 19, he was not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead. He knew his body was dead. He knew his body was dead, but he didn't consider it. He didn't even think about it. He couldn't. He had to focus on what did God say? What did God say? Um, there's some things we shouldn't be considering. Circumstances will come and they'll show up. Your body will speak to you. Your finances, your checkbook will speak to you. That sales job will speak to you. Um, things happening in your children's life, that will speak to you. You can't consider those things. I have one thing to consider. What did God say? And I've got to take those words and I have to put them in my mouth. So he didn't consider his own body. Um, and he didn't even consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. And it goes on to say he staggered not at the promise of God. Through unbelief, he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Uh, God calls things that are not manifest as though they were manifest. Yes. Yes. 
He calls things into existence. This is his method. If we need something to move into our lives, we have to call for it. It's not going to just drop on us like ripe cherries, right? It's not going to just drop on us like you, you, you drive by the orange groves. How many of you drive by orange groves? Come on, you live here, you're driving by orange groves. Okay, after they grow and then, you know, winter is over and then you see them, sometimes you'll see them on the tree and sometimes you'll see them on the ground, right? What happened? They fell. They just fell there. They just fell on the ground. There were so many. God's promises, he has so many of them, but they don't just fall off the tree into your backyard. They have to be called for. They, you have to call things into existence. This is a biblical principle. It's how you got born again, and it's how you move into all the promises of God. It's how you move in. How many of you believe for a house? You got it. What did you do? Did you say, I believe? No, you called for it. I call for that house to come. How many of you believe for a child? You call, I thank you, Father. My womb, it'll bear fruit. I, I thank you, Father, for my baby. You call, what are you doing? You're calling for those things. What about when you need healing? You don't just, you, you know, and it's good to put the word in. You need to have the word put in your heart. That is the first step. You got to hear God's word on the matter, right? But if you stop there and you just hear his word, then that's all there is. And there's so much more to that. The next step is now call for it. What are you believing God for? What do you need to be placed into your life? You call for it. Amen. Now I'm going to show you. Let's look at Genesis chapter one. The Bible starts out with God and how he operates and how he called this world into existence. Genesis one verse one. Are you there? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form. It was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Guess what? The earth was without without void. In other words, it was empty. It was void. It was without form. It was empty. There was nothing there. Say nothing. nothing. Darkness. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3, and God said, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse 6, and God said, let there be a firmament, the sky. And verse 7, he made it, and he called it heaven. Verse 9, and God said, let the waters be gathered together. And it was so. Verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth fruit. And it was so. Verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the sky. And the end of verse 15 says, It was so. Verse 20, And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the creatures. And it was so. Uh, verse 24, and God, or God said, let the earth bring forth creatures on, on the earth, cattle, creeping things, beasts of the earth, and it was so. Verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image. And then he created man as, in his own image. So we see that when God needs something to come into existence, he says something. 
He says that's how he created the world, it's how he created the earth, it's how he created the sky, it's how he created every creature under the ocean, it's how he created every creature on top, it's how he created all the plants that you see, all the flowers that you see. He called for it. He called for it. God said something and it was so. God said something and it was so. God said something and it was so. When God gives you his word in here, God says something. Now he needs us to say it and it will be so. And it will be so. Now look at chapter 2. Thus, verse 1, the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. They were finished. Why? He spoke them into existence. He called for them. He called for that. He said, light, let there be light. And there was light. He called for it. He used his words. I mean, you're thinking, well, this is God. Does he really have to use his words? Can't he just do, you know, you watch these magic whatever shows and they like take their wand and they do this, you know, or they move their hands and things start flying, you know, all those weird shows, right? But God said something. He always speaks before you see something come into manifestation. Amen? It's a biblical principle. And it's our job to enforce this principle in our own lives. It's how we move things into existence. It's calling things into existence. Now, when, you call, when God called for light, what was eliminated? Darkness. When he called for uh, the earth to be created, whether it was the, the sky or the land, what was nullified? What was canceled out? The nothingness, the void, the emptiness. When you call for things, it nullifies what you don't want. I'm going to say that again. When God called for the light, he got rid of, you know, he, sep- he called for light and, and got rid of the darkness. Yeah. He separated the light and the darkness. Yeah. When he called for the earth, he called for it to be formed for the animals, the, the ocean, the, the sea, um, the land. He nullified the emptiness. Yeah. There was nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> when you come up to something and there's nothing there, What's your answer? Call for it. Call for it. If there's nothing there, God came up to nothing. When he created the earth, there was nothing. What did he do? He called for it to come into existence. Amen. So when we call for things, we're not denying what exists. God's not saying, oh, there's nothing. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. It's void. It's empty. He didn't say that. There was darkness. He saw it. There was nothing. He saw it. He wasn't denying that it was there. When you face something in your life, what, like, for example, if you're facing symptoms, illness, sickness, you're not denying that there are symptoms there. God did not deny that there was nothing there. But he called for something to come take its place. He called for something to come take its place. When we have symptoms in our body, we call for the healing power of God to come to work. We call for our body to line up with the word. We thank God that by his stripes we are healed. We take his words, we put them in our mouth, and that replaces 
what we don't want. When God called for the world, the earth, to be created, he was very specific. He didn't just say, earth, create yourself. He was very specific. He called for, if you read, go back and read that, he called for everything under the ocean. He called, well, before that, he called for the ocean. He called for the light. He called for the darkness. He called for them to be separated. He called for the land. He called for all the animals on the land. And then later on, he goes and he creates man. And the Bible says he created us in his image. We are created in the image of God. You are created in the image of God. And if you're created in his image, what is our responsibility? I'm going to do what God does. I'm going to take his... He gave us this word. It's more than just to read. Now, we take it, we put it in our, in our hearts, we put it in front of our eyes. But once we get it there, how is our faith activated? How was Abraham's faith activated? God gave him a word. How did that come into existence? People started saying... Hey, father of many multitudes. Hey, father of multitudes. Father of many nations. They started calling him. They started calling him that into existence. He started to hear it. He probably said, hey, I'm Abraham now. God called me Abraham. I'm no longer father. I'm the father of many nations. What about you? Hey, I'm no longer sick. I am now the healed. By his stripes I was healed. If I was, then I am. I'm no longer weak. The Bible says, let the weak say, I'm strong. So I say, I'm strong. When you call for the strength, you're replacing the weakness with the strength. When you call for the healing, you're replacing the symptoms with the power of God, the healing power to go to work. When you call for those things, call for them to come into existence. It's God's way of doing things. Amen. And we just come in agreement with what his word says, right? So when there was a wasteland, when there was utter darkness, God called things into existence. What did he do? He created with his words. He created with his words. What are we called to do? We're called to create with our words, taking God's words because... All of heaven backs up his words. We take them, we put them in our mouth and speak them out. When we do that, now all of heaven is backing up our words. Because our words are God's words. So it's important that when there's nothing there, call for what you want to take that the place of nothing. Amen? Praise God. So when God says something, that's all we need. He says, by his stripes you're healed, you're healed. He says he meets all your needs, he meets all your needs. But it's not enough to just read it. Start putting it in your mouth and saying it. Confess it. In other words, declare that it is so and it will be so. That's one way you activate your faith. It's by speaking out the promises of God. How did we just read earlier? We inherit the promises of God through what? Through faith. Faith has an action. Faith has words. Faith isn't... You can, did you know that you can have faith that's dead? Yeah. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Did you know that when you became born again and asked Jesus into your life, you automatically received a measure of faith? Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's up to you whether your faith is dead or alive yeah. because there is such a thing as dead faith. Amen. If your faith is sitting there on the inside of you, you never open your mouth and you never act on it, then it sits there 
dormant. Dormant. It takes our words to activate that faith and then our actions to bring those things to pass. Amen? We cooperate with uh, faith. We don't let it just sit there. We don't let it lie dormant. Amen? Um, So if I'm hurting, if I'm in pain, I call for the promises of God. I say, by his stripes I'm healed. Galatians 3.13 says, I'm redeemed from the curse. 1 Peter 2.24 says, I was healed, so I call my body healed. I'm not considering my body. I'm not denying that there may be symptoms there. If someone comes and says, are you sick? I'm not sick. No, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. Okay, you look sick. You know what I mean? I'm not denying that. You know what? My body is healed according to the word. There may be symptoms trying to get on my body, but right now I declare I'm coming in agreement with God that my body is the healed. Amen. I'm calling for what God said to come to pass in my life. If I'm dealing with lack, I call for something to take its place. What do I need to take the place of lack? How about abundance? How about abundance? How about a full supply? Amen. So I call for that to come take the place of lack. I say, I've given, it's given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will men give into my bosom. Because I'm a giver, because I'm a tither, and I operate on the principles of the word of God, I call in the abundant supply. I call in the finances. I call in the job. Father, you said you would increase me more and more, me and my children. I'm calling for increase. I'm ca- what am I doing? I'm replacing the lack with increase. I'm replacing joblessness with a job. How am I doing that with my words? Well, I don't see it happening. Well, it doesn't matter if you see it happening or not. The power of God starts to go to work when you will say it, confess it, declare it over your life. Amen? Amen. So we call for those things that be not as though they were. If I have... um, You know, if I have a mental issue or a physical change that needs to take place with a loved one, I call for the promises of God. God needs me to come in agreement with what he has said. For example, if it's one of my children, right? I will say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare healing over my child. I could have a baby. I could have one who's 10, 11, 12. I could have a teenager. I'm going to declare healing over your body right now. I call for it in faith, right? Or in the name of Jesus, my child sleeps through the night. Um, In the name of Jesus, they interact appropriately. They're all caught up. They are on track. Amen. My child is healthy and normal. I'm the parent of a healthy, normal child. I call for those things. You have, well, I don't believe that. Start calling for it and you'll start seeing it. The more you say it, the more you believe it. The less you say it, then you're not going to believe it. And the reason people don't say anything is because they don't believe. Because if you really believed, you talk about it. If you really believed God's word, you would start putting his words in your mouth and say it. Um, E.W. Kenyon said this, The reason the majority of Christians are weak, though they are earnest, yet they are weak, is because they never dare to make a confession of what they are in Christ. Who are you in Christ? You are the healed. By his stripes you are healed. The Bible says, let the weak say, I'm strong. You are strong in him. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. 
You have to call for those things. Amen. Well, pastor, I'm just saying it how it is. You know, never have enough money to pay my bills. I don't have enough, let alone tithe. How would I even do that? You know, instead, confess the word. I have the wisdom of God concerning my money. I'm quick to obey God and quick to tithe. The will of God's my wealthy place. I always have a full supply for every need. God helps me be a wise steward. Amen. Amen. You call for what you want. You call for the end result. You speak the end result. Now, some people may think you're a liar. And say, I don't believe in calling things that are not as though they are. But if you listen to them, they may even do it without thinking about it. Well, they'll say things like, you watch, that car's going to pull out right in front of me. What are they doing? They're speaking speaking things. They're calling things. I can already tell we're not going to have enough money to pay that bill. I can already tell. It's in the future, and they're calling for these things. They're calling in the negative things. They're not acting on Mark 11. Right? It says, speak into this mountain. Be removed. Be cast in the sea. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe those things that you say will be done. You'll have whatever you say. That's Mark eleven twenty three. It doesn't say you'll have whatever you believe. There's an action now. There's a difference in my life now. Because I'm not just walking this earth like everyone else saying, I believe God. I believe in God. Sure, yeah, I believe in God. What do you believe God's going to do for you? Start calling it. Amen. Amen. Now, we're not denying that we're facing a mountain. We're not denying that there's a problem. I'm telling you what we're denying. I'm denying it's right to stay in my life. I'm denying sickness a foothold in my life. I'm denying poverty a place in my home. I'm denying strife a place in my marriage. I'm denying, um, you know... Things that ought not to be there. Yeah. I'm, denying their exi- I'm denying them a place to stay. Yeah. I'm de- they have to go. Yeah. It's our job to kick those problems out. If they're out of line with what God has promised, they have to go. Yeah. Command the things you don't want to be removed. Yeah. Call it the way you want it according to the word. Amen. Yeah. You know, Abraham did not say, I'm not old. I'm not old. I'm not old. I'm not old. Right? He was old. <laughs> He was older. He was 75 when God said he'd be the father of many nations. He didn't deny his age. Amen. We're not, we're not denying that there are things there. We're denying that, that that's even going to affect us. We don't consider that. We call, into, we call things into manifestation with our words because they're God's words. They're God's words. If God gives you a word about your child, you may be praying. You may be uh, reading your Bible and something jumps out at you and there's a word from God. Write it down. Write it down. Don't take it lightly. And then start declaring that. You may be watching, listening to pastor, and all of a sudden something drops in your spirit and there's a word. Oh, that's for me. I'm taking that. Write it down. I have a list of confessions that I read almost every day, and I'm confessing, I'm calling those things. If I hear, if somebody gives a word, I write it down. I write it down. I take that word. That's from me. If there's a scripture, most of them are scriptures that, that ministers to me about my specific situation, I confess that daily. There's a confession list that I have. Do you have a confession list? Do you have these scriptures written out for you? Or are you relying on your memory 
to call them forth. You need to have them in front of your eyes. There's many scriptures I know, but I still write them all down, and I still look at them. Why? I'm feeding my spirit. I'm putting his words in front of my eyes. It's not enough to have it from memory. I have to have it in front of my eye gates. It's going in my eyes, and then I, may, then I say it out loud so it goes in my ears. Why? Because then it drops down in here. And I may not feel like it's happening right now, but I know one thing. I'm going to be like Abraham. I don't consider my own body. I don't consider what I see because faith is not moved by what it sees. Faith walks by, we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't look at the circumstances. I just have to call in what I need to replace what I don't want. Amen. Call it into existence. You know, when you, how many of you have an animal? You have a dog or a cat. Okay, some people, so, oh, there's not very many, wow. Okay, so when you open the door and you're looking for your dog, right, or your cat, and they're outside, and you don't see him, right? I have a big backyard, a little mossy. He likes to go behind the pool, and then there's some, there's some palm trees, and these palm trees, they drop off these little tiny, pastor says they're dates. I don't think they're dates because they're orange. Pastor said he tasted one and they were sweet. I don't know. I just don't think you're supposed to eat them. So I open the door and looking, I'm looking for Mossy. His name is Mossy Mo. He's like, it's big. He weighs like 100 pounds. I'm just kidding. But he is very heavy. And he take and he's gone, right? And I'm like, where is he? Well, I can guarantee you I know where he, where he is pretty much. He's back by the palm tree. And he takes those little things and he puts it in his mouth and he does this. And he like, he doesn't even chew it. He just like, I know he's like swallowing it whole, right? But when I open the door, I don't say, oh, Mossy isn't here. Oh, Mossy, he's not here. Mossy isn't here. He's gone. My dog's gone. Mossy's gone. And then Pastor Marcus would come and say, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm just saying it like it is. Mossy's not here. I'm just saying it like it is. He's not here. And he's like, "Uh, have you tried calling Mossy? (laughs) No, I have to say it like it is. I don't see him. He's not here. See, we do that. We do that. We do that with healing. We do that with our finances. We do that with situations that we need to have turned. And I don't see it. It's not here. I don't see it. But if I need Mossy to come, what do I do? I call him. I call for him. Mossy Mo! Mossy Mo! Mossy! I'll say, come! Right? And would someone say, you can't call for Mossy. You can't do that. That's not the truth. He's not here. Well, I know he's out there somewhere. And I know all I have to do is call him. Right? I know if I need to get him, I just call for him. Guess what? It's the same with your faith. You just call for it to come. Whatever you need. You use your words. You mix it with faith. And you call what you need. And guess what? It'll get where it needs to be. I said it'll get where it needs to be if you'll call for it in faith. Whether it's finances, whether it's a job, a spouse, whether it's wholeness, healing, what do you need? What do you need to get in place? You have to call for it. Amen? Well, some say, well, I never have enough money. My kids always get sick this time of year. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're calling for negative things to come into place. You're calling for things you don't even realize it. Come on, we've all done it, right? 
been around, okay, maybe not you, but you've been around people who do that, right? Not you, not us, but, you know, people out in the world, they do that, right? And they're, what they're doing is they're establishing what already exists. Sickness in this world, it already exists. Poverty already exists. They're establishing They're speaking what they want more of. Well, I'm just calling it like it is. Well, if you're speaking negatively about your life, you're going to get more of that. If you're speaking negatively about your body, about that situation, you're going to get more of that. Call the promises of God into manifestation. Amen? Call what belongs to you. Call it. Now, Joel 3.10 says, Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. What promise of God do you need? Do you need strength in your life? Call for the strength. And then I would say, put on the joy of the Lord, because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah. And if you're not strong, it's because you're low in joy. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But God's method, it nullifies what exists, and it calls into manifestation. When you call it into manifestation, it nullifies what's there. Yeah. It nullifies the symptoms. It nullifies the disease. Yeah. God's power goes to work when you put it to work. Now let's turn to Luke chapter 11. I'm, I apologize. Luke chapter 13. Praise God. We're learning this morning, right? We're, t- we're, just, we're just adjusting our lives. We're doing a little evaluation. Do I need to make sure that I'm calling for the... Have I been calling for negative things, first of all? Am I talking about them? Am I calling for them? Do I need to replace that with... I need to call for what the Word says. I need to call for the promises of God to go to work in my life. Amen. Luke chapter 13, verse 11 says, Behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. She was bent over, could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. Now listen to what he says to her. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. She'd been sick 18 years. That, say, that's a long time. That's a long time. And what did he do first? Did he lay hands on her? Did he, did he touch her? No. What did he do first? He spoke. He said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He called her loosed, but she wasn't loosed. But he said it first. She was still bent over. What was Jesus doing? Was he lying? Was he playing make-believe? No. He was calling for something that was not manifested yet. But guess what? He saw the end result. He saw her loosed. He saw her healed. He saw her no longer bent over, but straight. He was calling for something that was not manifest. Guess what he was calling for? He was calling for a miracle. See, some of us need miracles, but we're not calling for any of them. Call for that miracle to come. And as you study the Bible, you'll notice God never does anything until he says it. That's the way he works. So he called this woman loosed first. He called her the way he wanted her to be. He called her the way she should be as a child of God. She should be loosed. And verse 13 says, He laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. First, Jesus called her loosed. Then he laid hands on her. His words preceded the end result. God's words in our mouth with faith will bring the end result. Do you know the more you talk about something, 
I don't care if it's positive or negative, the more real it's going to become to you. If you're talking negative all the time, I mean, you can just go back to when we lived during 2020, 2021, 2022, you know, when COVID, especially the first few years, was rampant. You could see people would talk about COVID, and I bet you automatically had a, an image of what it might look like. It was, we were surrounded by negative uh, speaking, people talking about it calling for it, saying that it was getting worse, saying that symptoms were this and this and that. And you could start probably, if you were to meditate on that, see that coming into your household, maybe fear. Fear tried to grip many people. It did grip many people. What you talk about will become real to you. Um, you're bringing those words are containers. They carry something. Bible says, uh, uh, the power of life and death is in your tongue. Your words are either carrying life or they're carrying death. And here Jesus spoke life over her. He said, woman, you are loosed. She didn't look loosed. She was still bent over when he said it. Hmm. Look at Jesus calling things into existence. He didn't pray for her. Then she stood up and said, woman, you're loosed now. He called it before he saw it. He called it before he saw it. You need a house, you call it before you see it. You need a new job, you call it before you see it. You need healing, you call it before you see it. You say, healing is mine. I've been blood bought by his stripes. I was healed if I was. You call for it. Jesus did. Jesus did. He called her loosed, and then she was loosed. Amen? Amen. Now, let's look at Hebrews chapter 3 as we get ready to wrap this up. Why is it important to call for what you need? Why? I'm so glad you asked. Because, you know, Jesus has a job in heaven. He's interceding. The Bible says he, he sits at the right hand of the Father. He's ever making intercession for us. Amen. And in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, say amen when you get there. It says this. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Um, Some versions will say, Consider the apostle and high priest of your confession. Jesus is the high priest of your confession. He's a priest. I said he's a priest. You know what a priest is, right? You've seen a priest. Did you know Jesus is your priest? He's your priest. Wow. We could just stay there and think about that. He's my priest. But that word apostle means he's a sent one. So he's an apostle, he's sent. And number two, he's a high priest. So he's been sent to be your high priest. What does that mean? It means, you know, we picture a person walking around in strange clothes performing rituals. But Jesus is your high priest. He's more than just someone walking around performing rituals. Do you want to know what he's doing? He's the high priest of your confession, of what you are professing. He's taking your words that come out of your mouth 
and he's executing them here on earth. He's taking, that's his job, to take the words that you say, to implement them, to put them, to carry them into effect. Wow. Now, we may think, well, you know, Jesus, he's, he's authorized to administer. Yes, he's authorized to do that. He's authorized to carry out the words of your mouth. It says he's the high priest of our confession. He has been sent. He's the sent one. He's been sent to put into effect, to carry out your words, the words that you say. But chances are most of us are speaking what we feel, right? Instead of speaking words of faith. For example, if you're speaking sickness, what is Jesus going to do with that? He can't do anything. He can't do anything with words of sickness. What if you're speaking defeat? What if you're speaking lack? He can't do anything with that. He can't do anything with that. He's not the high priest over sickness. He can't execute that. If you're saying, I'm so weak, I'm so tired, he can't carry that out, right? He's not going to administer sickness or disease or poverty or sin. Why? He's already defeated all that. He's the high priest over deliverance. He's the high priest over healing. He's the high priest over righteousness, over freedom. Those are the things we consider. We consider, it says, consider Jesus. In other words, look to Jesus, the high priest of your confession. He's going to carry out the words that you speak. But they have to be words that are in line with him, in line with his words, right? Now, look at verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 14. In Hebrews. Hebrews is a great book to read if you haven't read it yet. Make sure you're reading your chapter a day. Hebrews 4.14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Here it is again. Jesus the high priest. Jesus is your priest. Say, Jesus is my priest. Let us hold fast to our profession. In other words, hold fast to your confession of faith. Don't let it go. Don't stop speaking. Don't stop confessing. You know that song, don't stop believing. (laughs) The more you say, the more you'll believe. He's the high priest of your confession, so hold fast to your confession. Keep thanking God that it's done. Keep confessing the word. Keep declaring your victory. I said keep declaring your victory. Keep saying, my children are healthy and normal. Thank you, Father, my children are healthy and normal. Thank you, Father, my children are all caught up. Thank you, Father, my children are healthy and normal in every way. Matter of fact, they surpass uh, their geniuses. Well, I mean, why don't you just call for it? Call for it. They have the mind of Christ. They hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes thereof. That's a scripture, by the way. It says we can have the mind. We have the mind of Christ. Amen. So you hold fast to your confession. The Bible says that the angels are hearkening to your words. Hold fast to that. Thank you, Father, for my house. I thank you, Father, you have the right house. What have we been doing with our building? Thank you, Father, for our building. You have the right building, the right location, right on time. What are we doing? We're confessing. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Man, Pastor, we've said that so many times. That's right. We're holding fast. We're not letting the enemy try and say, well, it ain't working now. Like how long you've been saying it, you know, three months. You know, come on, let's, let's develop some endurance here. You may have to confess it for, for a while. You, you don't let, you know, if the enemy can wear you down, he's going to wear you down. 
He's going to come and tell you it's not working. You've been confessing it. You say it in the morning. You say it at night. Devil, you better answer that thought. Devil, you're such a liar. The power of God is working. Jesus is the high priest of my confession. When I confess his word, he goes to execute that word. And, and the angels are hearkening to the word. Amen. You've got to stay in faith. Amen. Praise God. Hold fast to your confession. Hold fast. Hebrews 10.23 says, Hold fast the confession of your hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 10.23 He who promised is faithful. Again, saying hold fast to your confession of faith. Why? You can rely on God. He's faithful. It comes to pass. We have it now. It comes to pass. We have it now. Right now it's done. Right now it's done. It's done in the spirit. You may not see it. Abraham did not see the multitude that he would be the father of. It was... Listen, he was, just, he was just standing for one to come out of his body. <laughs> you know, a body that was dead, his wife's body that was dead, right? But God gave him a word. It doesn't matter what you see. So the Bible says he didn't even consider his own body. Don't look at the wrong thing. Instead of looking at circumstances, look to your high priest. He's the, he's the high priest of your confession. Instead, of it says, don't consider. Abraham did not consider his body. Consider Jesus. That's just what we read. Consider Jesus. He's your high priest. Come on. Many, you know, many, there's religions that they go into the priest. And what do they do when they go into the priest? What do they do? What do they do? What? They're making their confession. They're making their confession, right? Well, that comes from the Bible in terms of we ought to be making our confession to Jesus, the high priest, who will execute and put those words into action and bring it to pass because he's the high priest. He's my high priest of what? Of my confession. Amen. Amen. Hear yourself confess. Hear yourself speak. Hear yourself praise God. Well, I don't feel like it. I don't know what to say. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, and by the way, thank you for saving me from hell. You could say that. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, I'm not going to hell. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, by the way, I got that new job. Praise the Lord, I got a promotion. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. God is good, amen. Confess over your situation. Put God's word in your heart. Let me tell you a story. There's been a a debt. I've been believing God to be paid off for years. Say years. 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 Longer than the woman with the spirit of infirmity. A long time. So I have my vision board. Paid for. Paid off. Debt free. And I'm talking thousands. Say thousands. Say thousands. Thousands and thousands of dollars. Paying, 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 making payments. But I don't like debt. And so I'm calling this specific debt. Right? I'm calling. For, I, don't, I don't use general terms. All my debt's paid. I say, this house is a paid for house. This medical bill, I call it paid for. You know, I like to pay things off. I, if, but if I have to make payments, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take the chunks and make the payments. 
So there's a specific one. I'm calling it paid, paid for. And the enemy's like, I don't know how you know that. You've had that for years. I'm calling it paid for. It's a paid for. That thing is paid off in Jesus' name. So this last week, I'm sitting at my desk. Tom, sitting at my desk. Pastor and I have been talking about, and the Lord spoke to me. He's like, you get, you get those things in order. You watch those things get paid. You watch them. You watch them. Don't be all, you know, Pastor and I, Lord's been talking to us about certain things. Like, don't be doing that right now. Take that and put it here. Don't be doing that. Take that and put it here. And the Lord said, you watch what I'm going to do. So I'm sitting at my desk in my, in my home. I have a desk. And I'm sitting there going through bills. And there's one I open it. It's from this company that I owe thousands. Say thousands. Thousands and thousands. And I read it. Well, there was two letters. So I read it and I'm like, oh, I kept going. So then as I'm cleaning off before I leave my desk, I like it to be clean for the next day. So I'm straightening it all up. And there's that letter again. I'm getting ready to throw it away because I thought it was the other letter. And I didn't really read them like I should. And so I look at it and it says, congratulations. And I'm like, what? Now, let me tell you, every time I give into the oil offering, it's because I want to get out of debt. I'm giving into God's house, so he's going to take care of my house. I'm doing it with faith. I'm calling for things that be not as though they were. I'm calling for it. So I look, and it says in bold, congratulations. And then I read, and I read, and I read. The end of the paragraph, it says, this debt has been forgiven. I said, let me read that one more time. Get my glasses on here. <laughs> Lord, you know. So I read it again, and I'm like, hmm. let me read that again. So I read it a couple times, and then I go into pastor's office, and I say, Marcus, read this. He's like, what? And I'm like, read this part where it says congratulations. And he reads it. He looks at me. Oh, my gosh, Melina. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I know. And his eyes, my eyes filled with tears. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to tell you something. You hold fast to your confession of faith and never give up. You never give up. Faith does not quit. Faith holds fast. Faith will see. You will see. God is faithful and he will do what he said he'll do. If you'll do your part. If you'll do. Praise the Lord. Now you say, next, Lord, that's me. That's me. Next. Hallelujah. Debt free. Pay, paid off bills. Bodies that are whole. Children that are whole and normal. Children that are speaking. Children, their minds are normal. All the, the brain working perfectly as God created it to function. Why? God said this would be a place where children are restored. They're restored. What are we doing? We're calling for those things. We're calling for them. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So take the word. Take God's word. Put it in front of your, your eyes. Make a confession list. Make, you know, back in the day, I would write out scriptures and put them on my mirror. Wherever you need to put it. You know, back in the day, before phones and all that, people would put on, write scriptures on three by five cards. And then they'd come to a stoplight. You want to know how dedicated they were? Let me tell you how dedicated they were. Come to a stoplight with their three-by-five cards, and they'd start saying them. Thank you, Jesus. By your stripes, I was. Thank you, Father. You meet all my needs. I thank you, Father. You became poor that I might be rich. And in the midst of being poor, in the midst of being poor, they called for the riches. In the midst of being sick, they called for the health. 
In the midst of not knowing what to do, they call, thank you, Father, I have the wisdom of God. I always know what to do. I always know. I hear the voice of my shepherd. I'm led by my spirit. I always know what to do. I hear from God. I always have an answer. What are they doing? They're calling. Why? They're hungry. They're hungry. They're hungry for God's word to manifest in their lives. They're not being passive about it. They're not sitting on the couch all day. I just hope God's word. You know, I got a good word from pastor. You did? Oh, yeah, I got a good word. What did they say? I don't know. Something about, you know. Listen, when I get a word... I go write it down. I've got a Google Doc that says words from the Lord so I can access it anywhere I want. And I write them down. And I put the date. I put where it happened. I put who said it. And I go back and I listen and I write down verbatim what God has said. And then I go back and I say that and I confess those words. I put those words in my mouth and they become my words. God's words become my words. You need a house pay. You need to sell a house. How many houses you got? Don't tell me, but I know you need to sell a house, right? I call this house a sold for house, sold house. House, you be sold in Jesus' name. God, you have the right buyer. This house will be a blessing to them. This is a sold house. Call it sold if you need it sold. Call the business in if you need the... I call for the customers. They come in Jesus' name. Paying customers. And guess what? They bring more paying customers with them. Call for what you need. Amen? I'm going to close with this. Confessing God's word works for you. I'm going to give you seven things it does for you. Number one, it's the way you sow seeds into the kingdom. When you confess his word, you're sowing a seed. His word is a seed. If you don't confess his word, you're not sowing a seed. So how are you going to get a harvest? Sowing, confessing his word. It's the way you sow seeds into the kingdom. Number two, it causes faith to come. When you confess, it causes faith to come. Why? Because you're hearing yourself speak the word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. Guess where the best place for you to hear from? Yourself. Yourself speaking his words. Amen. It causes faith to come. Number three, it renews your mind. It changes the wrong way of thinking. When the devil tells you you're poor, no, I'm rich. God made me rich. I became rich when I asked Jesus into my heart. I was born into his wealth now. I was born into the kingdom of God. You're changing the way you think. It renews your mind to God's word. Amen. Number four, it keeps the answer before you. I said it keeps the answer before you. When, the, when, when symptoms come, when, when it looks like things are getting worse and you're confessing his healing, what are you doing? You're keeping the answer before you. I am the healed. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed. And these symptoms, they cannot steal my healing from me. Amen. You're keeping the answer before you. Amen. Number five, it changes your heart. Keeps your heart right. Thinking right. Doing right. Amen. Changes your whole life. Number six, it sets the law of faith in motion. Remember, faith can be dead or it can be active. It sets the law of faith in motion. And number seven, it puts the angels to work for you. Confessing God's word works for you. Number one, it's the way you sow seeds. Number two, it causes faith to come. Number three, it renews your mind to the word of God. Number four, keeps the answer before you. Number five, it changes your heart. Number six, it sets the law of faith in motion. And number seven, it puts the angels to work. I think those are some good reasons to confess. I think those are some good reasons to open my Bible today. 
Read some verses, read Proverbs, read, read your healing, read the epistles, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, all the ends at the end, the IANS. Those are the epistles. Those, that tells you who you are. Confess God's word over your life. Amen. Isn't God good? Oh, my goodness. He's so good. He's such a good God. Man, well, I just love him so much. And I'm so grateful he's given us a way to keep